Welcome back to the Popular Parallax, a sci-fi limited series podcast hosted by our guest for this series, Milo Davinas, and me, Jerrica Lala. Be sure to subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Popular Parallax. And now, join us on a nine-episode escapade through the epidemic-ridden hellscape of The Last of Us. Hello, everyone. It is that time, finally, for the final episode. Second final for this podcast, but final episode for The Last of Us on HBO and Crave. I'm Jerrica Lala, and who are you? I just so happen to be Milo Davinas. And we are back to commentate, observe, pontificate on the finale of The Last of Us Season 1, of which I have absolutely no doubt there's going to be probably three seasons of at this point. Oh, minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're going to milk this cow until she's dry as a bone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, how there's a second part of this game, right? Yes, there is. So they still have material they could follow in theory. Yes. There's a whole other, like, full length video game. And I think there are a couple, much like with the first video game, I think there are a couple DLCs. Is that what the kids call them? Or the. The, the Probably side. because I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, video games aren't just video games anymore. They're like seven or eight buying opportunities. You spend a couple yeah. hundred dollars yeah. to get the full story. So I there's definitely What's enough a material DLC? for What is that? I think it sounds for downloadable content. If download, oh, so you get little extra parts to download on top of yeah. the game. Okay. I've got I know what you mean. I just didn't know what it was called. You're hip, Jerrica. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, you down. Can, you still got your original hip. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. The finale episode is called Look for the Light. God mm-hmm. knows I I tried. I tried. <laughs> yes. And in keeping in theme with the finale, Jerrica and I will wrap this up in 12 and a half minutes. Oh god. <laughs> We're cutting really close. Bada bing bada boom. It was a shorter finale, to be sure, but it was a pretty... I was really enjoying myself. The first 15, 20 minutes of this episode, I think, were some of the best scenes that this show has produced, or among the best. Then we hit a bit of a snag, but we'll get to that. So let's let's start with what I considered a very strong, cold opening for this. We tune in to a young, very pregnant woman running through the woods. Her name is Anna. She is in the middle of labor and being pursued by a runner. She is making her way to this abandoned house. Like in... a farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. And she gets in there and she she's shouting for people and it's assumed that she's rendezvousing with someone, but they're not there yet. And so she's got uh, a zombie on her heels and a baby on the way and she's just trying not to die. Which yeah. in childbirth is already a pretty scary thing, and then here is a gnashing yeah. fungus beast on the other side of the door. And... I'm in a filthy house in a filthy dress. I'm mm-hmm. gonna try to block this door, and then I'm just gonna crouch on this dirt cement floor and uh see what happens. Yeah, it's not ideal, but no, it's I can't not. Imagine there, 
yeah, a lot of the births I think that are happening in this post-apocalyptic world are not in the most sanitary places and under the most ideal conditions. It's like having but... a baby at East York Hospital. Whoops. <laughs> Come well... on. That's uncalled for. <laughs> Just get some hot towels at the very least. Come on, <laughs> yeah. we need to catch that baby. So she literally <laughs> blocks the door with a chair under the doorknob. That doesn't last very long. So, and then the next thing, this this runner mm-hmm. is barging into this house. I'm guessing they were able to get to the QZ afterward pretty quickly. So I was just thinking like, the the rural areas being less populated with infected is more of like a west side of the continent. Yeah. Or really idea. in the country, not within like an hour's walk or a... I thought she was going to be pursued by quite a few of them. I was kind of surprised that there was only one after her. Or maybe it was just the one that was able to actually get into the house. But I was expecting that she would be like fighting them off yeah. left, right, and center. But yeah. I guess it doesn't make for an easy scene to film by comparison one is enough she's got the thing in front of the door she's got to give birth to this baby on the floor and that's that's all she can handle she's crouching down she's she's clutching a somewhat familiar looking knife mm-hmm. the zombie busts through the door not zombie the whatever they're called the runner yeah, uh, it's, it seems like it was a female person she kills it as she's mm-hmm. she's killing it, the baby just bloop, just comes out, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, my baby!" And she's looking at it, and it's, it's a tiny, slimy little baby. And she looks down, and her thigh has been bitten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she names the baby Ellie, and she cuts that umbilical cord real quick. I thought this was a really cool way to sort of answer that question of yeah. how the Ellie we know was immune also really cool i'm sure like this has been very much hyped up since hbo has been putting out all the teasers and stuff for this week's episode but the actress who plays the mother is ashley johnson and she's the actress who voiced ellie in the original video game that's so interesting because i thought they looked similar to each other not not exactly Mm -hmm. but enough Mm -hmm. that you'd be like yeah that could be your mother like sort of the, yeah. the the long aquiline nose, and she she had those features, so mm-hmm. that that's so wild. I mean, it's been a pretty cool little Easter egg that has happened a couple times. We talked about it during last week's episode, and the actor who originally played Joel was in yes. there. But this, and of course, the actress who plays Marlene is the actual actress who voiced her in the video game. So we've seen this happen a couple times before. Yeah. But this was a cool way to incorporate the character or the actress who originated the character. And she's also the character that originated the main character in a sense, because she is the mother. So that was a really like neat little detail. Um, and again, I keep repeating this, but I haven't played the video game at all, but I have watched little clips and hearing that voice again was kind of surreal and that's just me as someone who's only casually seen some footage so yeah. the nerds on the internet have just been shitting their pants they're going sure. wild yeah yeah, yeah. They've, yeah. they've loved it, it it's, it's a lovely touch that's a it's a great idea um mm-hmm. and i actually i thought she was i don't know how much film work she's done but she was great she was excellent she was so good and i was just like i loved this scene like it is yeah i guess i thought foolishly for some reason that the bite that she got in the mall was the thing that originated her immunity but i guess that wouldn't make any sense because she would have just died from it 
Yeah, well, it it was already there genetically, and she just found bad. out by getting bit. What's the cordyceps virus going to do with the baby brain at that point? I'm sure it benefits the fungus to like keep the baby alive and behind it. I'm sure they didn't, you know, it's it's enough of an explanation for me that I was really intrigued by it. Yeah, well, I think what they say later in the, the program is that the cordyceps think she's part of them. Mm. And that it creates an immunity. Yeah. So just so, just a smidge got it's like a like a flu shot or something. Just a tiny, tiny smidge got in, but also not through a bite. Right. It, when you know what I mean? So it they they sense it in her somehow and that they leave her alone. Exactly. So that was really cool. And then we also shortly thereafter get the introduction of Marlene's relationship mm-hmm. with Ellie's mother and how Marlene was aware of Ellie all this time. And I was just excited to see Merle Dandridge again on screen because I thought she was a really compelling actor when we met her back in the first couple episodes. Yeah. She's sort of been, getting to see her again was exciting and then getting to see this little extra bit because none of this was in the video game. I was reading an interview with the showrunners afterward and this was something that they wanted to cover in the video game originally but due to budgetary constraints they couldn't tell that story so this was something that they stated they really wanted to put in the show and i think it was really cool i love flashbacks like this especially as cold openings that really give you that extra layer of storytelling and especially when it establishes old relationships between characters even though we haven't seen ellie's mother before this is sort of marlene's character meeting Ellie for the first time Mm -hmm. and knowing that Anna, Ellie's mother, was part of the Fireflies and that she and and Marlene were actually childhood friends. Like, it's all great, juicy backstory stuff. And it establishes really quickly the, the tragic thing that Marlene is going to have to do here with Ellie's mother. And also, you know, Anna being very much where Ellie... I suppose, got a lot of her characteristics. She's she's tough. She's willing to survive. And she's also very direct with Marlene when she tells the lie. Oh, I got bitten after I cut that yeah. record. Yeah. Well, she don't want to, you don't want her baby to get shot, right? Exactly. And uh, it's interesting because she says, because, you know, Marlene's going, oh, I can't take the baby. What a what a shit friend. Anyway, I didn't <laughs> like Marlene in this at all. Like, I didn't get like her the first time, and I sure didn't like her this time. But <laughs> Anna says, you're going to take this fucking baby. You're going to make sure somebody take Kate takes care of her and bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. And does she? I don't know. She, she didn't put her with a family or anything. She put her into fucking military school. Yeah. It's a, I guess it's a stretch as like if your bar as of to what makes a good friend is not shooting my baby, she passed it. But by a hair. Exactly. She wanted to. She wanted to get rid of both. She wanted to get she didn't want to get rid of Anna. But mm-hmm. I think she wanted to get rid of that baby. Yeah, she wasn't she was none too pleased. And no. I think at this point, Marlene is in a, a survival mode that is let's say misguided, but isn't uncommon where people think, oh, we got to get rid of anything that's a weakness in our yeah. group. Throw away. Dead weight. Department. And 
we see this narrative come up all the time and the sort of it's it's very much eugenics and it's very wrong but Mar- but people get into that headspace where they're like oh this baby's gonna hold us down we gotta get yeah. rid of it yeah so and i obviously anna having established that she and marlene are old friends knows that marlene's mind is probably there and says no no you're not shooting my baby you're gonna make sure she lives and then you're going to come back and shoot me. If you got to shoot somebody, shoot me. Marlene picks that baby up, gives it to the other Firefly member who's in the house, tells the guy to cover the baby's ears, which he clearly does not do, when Marlene goes in and shoots Anna. And then we flash into the present, and she's sort of in our reverie. Yes, yes. So yeah, then we, then we get this connecting moment into the present and giraffes, which are an important part of any zombie apocalypse story. Yeah. Which I actually thought was quite enchanting. Like I, I always like this little element of speculation that happens. It it does come up a lot in apocalyptic fiction, where people are always asking what's going to happen with the zoo animals in these kinds of yes. stories. Yes. And so you know, to add a bit of whimsy, I suppose, and to satisfy that speculative element of the fan base, we get some giraffes hanging out at a storage warehouse in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yes, he uh Joel's trying to get Ellie to get up a floor of this sort of half half destroyed high rise mm-hmm. so they can see it and she gets so distracted she drops the ladder and makes a run for it, but she's also very distracted. Mm-hmm. Which I think has something to do with what has just previously happened to her in the last show. Mm-hmm. She's She's this is a new level of trauma, right? And she's very quiet. She's sort of an- she's not angry with Joel, but she's not listening to him. She's answering him too late. You know what I mean? When he asks her right. a question, he's on the other hand is overly talkative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's suddenly he wants to be best friends. Now that they've yeah. cut through this thing, he wants to be like, you know, Sarah used to do this and you really like her. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, like and it's it's a little awkward. Mm hmm. Like, the relationship has now changed. Yeah. has shifted. Uh, but we do get a lovely sequence with the giraffes. It's very nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Top quality giraffes. She, Ellie deserved that. Yeah. It's nice to have that little moment of whimsy going on. And again, I was reading an interview, and this one I'm sure I read. <laughs> Not making up in my <laughs> mind now. <laughs> but this one, they, I was reading about the giraffes. Um, apparently the giraffes have popped up several times throughout the show. I haven't noticed this detail very much, but they use stuffed giraffes with the children and in kids' rooms, there's like a poster of a giraffe or a giraffe. Okay. And the idea is supposed to be like the beauty of nature contrasted to the horrors of mankind, but also a reminder that like life, broadly speaking, is going on while this apocalypse apocalyptic things unfolding well it seems to be only affecting humans because remember i said why don't the monkeys get this like i didn't understand and it just seems like animals are immune i don't know why Mm -hmm. because even some animals even got covid but in this world the animals are unaffected but humanity is falling down the shithole but as we know the earth can shake off humanity like a dog with a with a bad rat or whatever you know what i mean like the earth comes back Mm -hmm. but people are panicking because humanity is falling down 
but it yep. doesn't mean that the earth is going to be actually destroyed. That's the interesting part. Exactly. And so we get these these giraffes just going about the day, living yeah. living this life. And this again apparently is a, a almost scene for scene copy from the video game and something. Been reading the reactions of the fans online and they're especially pleased with this episode because it cleaves so closely to the source material. Right. Which, you know, I imagine if I had more familiarity with... Like, I still thought the giraffes were enchanting just because I like giraffes and I thought it was a nice bonding moment for Joel and Ellie, even though something has fundamentally shifted in their relationship. It is still just nice to see them together in a moment of peace. And as we both said many times on this podcast, the show is at its absolute best when we're getting Joel and Ellie just doing these one-on-one. That's right. Yeah, so, absolutely. And this scene also is a callback to when Joel and Ellie were on the roof in Boston after they had just exited the QZ. So they make the same sort of comment about the view and it's meant to be this like, look how far we've come moment and we've made it, buddy, somehow. Yeah. There's a hospital right nearby. And it's their destination. And Mm -hmm. right before they get there, Joel, of all people, just says, you know, we could go back to Tommy's village right now and forget this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And Ellie says, you know what? We can't have done all this for nothing. It would all be, what what do we even do this for? We got to get to the end of the line. So he says, okay. And they, they proceed Mm-hmm. To this hospital, you know, greeted by a smoke bomb, which was the lovely welcome. And so everything goes white when Joel wakes up, he's on his own on a hospital stretcher. Mm-hmm. And there's old Marlene. She's like, oh, we didn't know it was you. We didn't know you were coming. And I would have been like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then we start to unravel into the final the final countdown mm-hmm. this yeah so this is where the episode lost me a little um again i was reading afterward and this is pretty much exactly how yeah. the video game ends and i can understand like if i had been playing the video game because you don't watch a television show like you play a video game right you consume the narrative in several hours over i guess a couple days or maybe a week or so so I feel like the speed with which this whole thing happened and sort of the, shall we say, logical corner cutting that happened here with some of Marlene's decision making. Yeah. Perhaps if you'd been playing the video game or maybe even it'll feel different upon rewatching the season because, you know, you usually binge watch a show over a couple of days. You don't get one hour of the narrative once a week normally so maybe uh if we'd been watching this in a big chunk it wouldn't have felt so swift and frankly a little stupid because i'm not sure i agree with that but i Mm. i thought it matched up to how i feel all the fireflies decision making has happened Mm. which is we're going to get what we need and we're going to f- do this no matter what it fucking takes. Right. And I got the feeling 
we don't have to run tests because we knew what we were going to do right years ago when we found this person um but i i mean that's just that was just how i absorbed it i do see your point like everything had to happen like bada bing bada boom and it did turn her in near the end it turned her into a total hypocrite what she was arguing with joel about what he was doing whereas neither of them were correct right neither of them really did the ideal thing but what comes out of this conversation with joel is that it's they they've taken her away what are they doing are they doing a blood test oh no 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 the cure for this thing is in the brain mm-hmm. and they're they're going to cut her up like a sunday roast and right. she she will she'll be gone but we'll have a cure for humanity we mm-hmm. think like i'm like is this a guarantee like is this a fucking total guarantee because otherwise you're you're kind of wasting the one person that has this genetic material. Like that's that was more the part that I found because I was just like, have you guys ever heard of taking a biopsy? Yeah. Come on. You know what I mean? Like take a tiny piece of brain tissue, which is I know is still unpleasant, and run some tests. Like that was more I was just like, why would we jump? And that but again, you're you're never meant to trust these people. I think that's the problem. Like, I'm like, I'm not sure they have her best interest really at heart. They see her as possibly disposable. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is, she's not because they they don't know of somebody else like this. So it's, you know, it, it's it, it was a little strange now that I, you know, think it over again. I just, I went with what Marlene was doing because I don't like her. And uh-huh. I think she would just like, we're getting this done. And it was so interesting because he starts to react and she goes, listen, we didn't tell her what we're doing. There's no fear. She's totally, you know, peaceful. And I'm like, she's not a four-year-old child. What do you mean you didn't tell her what you were going to do or didn't even make up something that you were going to do? I, I don't know. I-, I found that very alarming, but it goes with the series. So anyway, she says, listen, we can't let you anywhere near here. Because he's sort of going, I'm going to see her. I'm going to see her. And she's like, oh, we're not doing that. We're going to drop you off on the highway and you're going to go away or you're going to come back and you're going to die. Yeah. The thing that bugged me the most here was that Marlene told him to begin with what was happening. That's to me where the stupid part came through. You're right. Because I, I I totally agree with what you mean with like the, the sort of arrogant undertones of the fireflies and of Marlene. And we've seen that. I just couldn't quite grasp why she thought it was a good idea to be like, hey, Joel, we're going to hack open this child's brain now. So, you know, don't cause a fuss about it. And... I guess you could counter argue that maybe she didn't understand that Joel and Ellie had bonded, but then she goes ahead and sort of feigns, or maybe it's legitimate, and she empathizes with Joel's fears about about what's going to happen. She says, I'm the only one who understands what you're going through in terms of assessing the risk that we're taking here and the, the decision to end this girl's life. So even if she were just gleaming that in that moment, I, I just find it surprising that the, this character who's supposed to be in charge of these rebels, who I don't know like how connected the various sections of the Fireflies are between quarantine zones, but 
it, it makes me feel that Marlene is quite high ranking in her faction, at least. And she also was well, able think to think how many people she said were protecting her and she still almost got killed getting there. But she had a whole posse just yeah. to protect her. That's because exactly. she says, I don't know how you two even got here because I, you know, we had a lot of trouble getting here. But maybe you're right. Maybe she is thinking back to like the first day. Jill probably would have been like, okay, take her. That is the only thing I could really think of to to make her behave so foolishly. One, in that regard, to tell him. Yeah. And even with like the fact that maybe she's thinking, oh, he doesn't really care. She also knows that he's a very dangerous man. And clearly by the end of that conversation. Yes. Yes. She can see he's upset. So the fact that she then scoots him out the door with two like i mean i guess he's disarmed but if she's willing to off ellie for this cure and she even says i don't I, you're the last person i wanted to be in debt to so why don't you just off joel then you know he's dangerous and now yeah. you know that he cares about this little girl it just seemed like a couple of character choices that i mean i guess weren't like that out of character for marlene but just felt kind of dumb to me and i would have yeah it was poor planning there's no question about that i would have given them just a little bit more i don't know context i again i did some reading after the fact and i read about a scene still going to get in the show i think we're going to get this scene in the show in the future um and i won't spoil what it is but there is there is a moment where marlene is talking with the doctor from the video game and she expands a little bit more on why she tells joel i guess they're probably saving that for when it becomes more relevant in the future but it just i would have appreciated it in this moment now yeah you know yeah we could have some more understanding <laughs> yeah it was a bizarre choice to i i didn't start thinking that until she was walking him out with just those two men and i just thought you're so fucked. Like I knew, mm-hmm. I just thought this is going to end in a fucking bloodbath. And I, I did not read any game stuff. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to end happily. Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I just thought, oh my god, this is going to end in a murder spree. And lo and behold, that's exactly what we got. Yeah, I love how Marlene also commented, like, "We're sorry, like we're sorry to have to do this." And I was like, I think you're making it worse. Like, yeah, that's not that because it sounds patronizing, even if she doesn't mean it that way. Maybe it's because everything she says sort of sounds patronizing. (laughs) um, So, of course, these these poor fireflies, these guys take him down, start taking him down like a hospital stairwell, like a concrete Mm -hmm. stairwell. And at some point they get to a corner and Joel just gets one guy with his own gun and they're 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 both dead in a moment. Mm-hmm. blink of an eye they're both gone now he has this gun and he comes back up the stairs and girl <laughs> it's it's a murder spree it is it's and it it's even it's extra even for him because he is so jacked up with emotion yeah because it's think of all that trauma it's my it's my second little baby and they're gonna do it again and i'm gonna fucking stop at this time like this time this time it's not happening so he's almost i feel like he's almost reliving that other time at the same mm-hmm. time that he's living this so it's like a double horror yeah when they included that story that he told ellie earlier in the episode about him trying to end his life and then yes. stumbling so that we really 
get this shift in Joel's mentality. I mean, we've already come to understand it over the course of the last few episodes, given that Ellie didn't abandon him when he was in his time of need. Um, but this is sort of the real driving home point that now he is connected to her and, you know, she is, he says that line earlier before the hospital situation where Ellie says, um, oh, I guess time heals all wounds. And he's like, it wasn't time that healed the wound. And it's left, he doesn't say the words, but it's implied, of course, that Ellie is the reason that he's healed. And she also says, you know, once this is over, this, Mm -hmm. what she thinks she's going to walk out of, whatever, she probably thinks they're going to take some pints of blood or something, right? Yeah. But she said, when this is over, I'll follow you anywhere, sheep farm, Mm-hmm. you know back to tommy's whatever whatever you want i'll stick with you so now we've got this agreement like an adoption agreement in a way right mm-hmm. and now this yeah and so we go full video game mode for oh this. yeah total 100 yeah, yeah. uh-huh and i mean in joel goes and the doctor, I don't know, brandishes a scalpel, and he's dead in a second. Yeah, the, well, the doctor goes, you can't be here. You have to get out of here now, and he just shoots him. Yeah. when Because at first he, go, he gives them a chance. He says, unhook her right now. And the doctor's like, you, you're you not going to take her out of here dead. And yeah. then the n- poor nurses are, like, screaming, so they start unhooking her. Yeah. And he takes them out, and I tried to keep track as he was getting to the operating room of how many kills... But mm-hmm. it kind of turned into a blur after 15. Right. I I did. I started drawing lines, like the lines with the line through, just to see if I could keep up with how many guys were dying. And But he, kill, he killed everybody. No wonder Marlene almost died getting across the country if this is their, like, organized response. You I can know. even hear them at one point. They're, like, they're screaming in the background. It's like, oh, God, something's going on. And it's like, don't <laughs> yell back. <laughs> Friends. If there's a threat, you hear gun screaming and gunfire. You don't go. Something's going on. You go and. <laughs> and they're all they're all armed. Yeah. And he's just popping them off one after the other. But it, I will say it was choreographed fairly believably to me. Like I was like, yeah, he got the one up on that guy. Oh, he's got the one up on this one. Oh, he just shot two guys at once. <laughs> like it was crazy. <laughs> Thank God they were scattered in twos and threes. Yeah, and I, I like how we're laughing at a murder spree. Like, this is what this show has done to my brain. Exactly. We're desensitized. Just a scotch, no, Jericho. Totally, this totally. <laughs> this is nothing. Um, so as they... And, and so the, the next thing you see, they're driving away in a, in like a, a, pick, a four by four, old shitty four by four. Mm-hmm. And... Um, She's starting to wake up. She's in the and he's got her in the back seat. He sort of tells her a fairy tale, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says they they found multiple people like you who are immune, and they just couldn't couldn't make anything out of that. There was just no way to get a vaccine, so they had given up, and then. I was, we were going to leave and then the, they were attacked by raiders and I barely got you out of there. And it makes well, me she wonder. Says, like, she says, what happened to my clothes? She's still wearing a hospital nightgown. 
Yeah. And he says, oh, well, the Raiders came in. And I, God, I barely got us out of there. Like, he has to keep upping the lie when well, she asks think, these questions, right? You got to think, too, that, you know, I don't, like, obviously the, the doctor and Marlene were lying to her a little bit about what was about to happen. But you would have thought that if there were other survivors or if they had tried this before, that that would have been mentioned to her at some point. Or she might see them lying around. Like, I don't imagine other immune people were just let free once yeah. they couldn't do anything. Although, who knows, with the decisions this doctor was making to kill the one person yeah. they know has immunity, maybe that's plausible. But, yeah, Ellie's not dumb. She's piecing things together. And then she asks specifically about Marlene like what happened with Marlene and that's when we get the final it's a flashback to a few moments ago where Joel is carrying Ellie through the parking garage of the hospital and Marlene comes out of the dark corner brandishing a gun what was it that she said she said you this is what she would want this is what Ellie or Ellie should have the opportunity to decide if she yes that's what she said but I was like you didn't give her that opportunity. Yeah. So you're both equally in the wrong. You didn't tell her what you were about to do and give her, because she said she deserves a choice. And I was like, fuck you, Marlene. <laughs> she did deserve a choice. And you guys didn't give her that either. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good argument to come at him with at mm-hmm. all, because right. they were going to execute her with no saying like, how do you feel about this? This could cure all of humanity nothing like that like she maybe she would have done it because marlene's yeah. like that's what she would want and it's like yeah because you know her like great job right and he ends up shooting her and then and she's not dead and because well she sort of says like you could still fix this even mm-hmm. with everything you've done i would let you walk away and he's like he shoots her and then she's sort of on the ground, like asking him not to kill her, which I again found very ironic mm-hmm. since he, she gave him this whole stupid argument. There is some bad writing. She gave him this <laughs> stupid argument in the hospital, like how long before she's just killed by a zombie or torn apart by raiders or blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, how long for you, Marlene? How long for anybody? the hell mm-hmm. are you talking about like here it is here's your death right here and she's down on the ground she's been shot sort of around the gut and she's like no don't do it and he's like no you're gonna come after her and he shoots her yeah i loved it i loved it that's that was the best part of this whole violence spree for me because i didn't like her yeah i think it was a very good ending to marlene's character and i do think that if the hospital sequence had just had some more scenes leading up to it, yeah, I would have been much more... Like, I would have actually liked to have spent some time with the doctor. I would have especially liked to have seen his decision-making process, at least in part regarding LA. I also think we would have benefited from seeing him do, I don't know, some sort of tests, some sort of experimentation, like... Is she really immune? This is he's only heard about this girl, right? Yeah. So, like maybe they have a test set up where he watches her in front of a, a, a zombie and sees something. Just something more substantial with the people behind the scenes here. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe some more time getting reacquainted with Marlene just because she's been off screen for so many episodes. And 
I mean, we remember that she and Joel had some sort of, you know, business relationship-ish thing in Boston. And obviously we got the scene earlier in the episode where we established how she knew Ellie's mother. But just getting a little bit more time. This has been the thing that we've been working to, right? This whole journey begins with Joel taking Ellie across the country to get her to these people. And so... To give us a little more time in this setting and, you know, to get to know these characters a little bit better would have been appreciated. Because this is our end point. This is the end point for season one. And we should, I think, spend some more time in that. Also, we clearly have the time in the episode because we end at 45 minutes. You could have given us five more minutes of screen time even. And we would have had a little bit more info for Marlene's decisions, for the doctor's decisions, for just seeing what the Fireflies are actually like now that we're spending time with a lot of them. And then, you know. They're not great. (laughs) They're not great. They suck. (laughs) They suck. I think you're right, though, because screen time, you can do a lot in a little bit. And Mm -hmm. you're right. They didn't need another half hour. They needed another five to seven minutes. Mm-hmm. to correct some of these holes i think part of it was and i don't i'm not defending it exactly because i think a good writer could do that but they wanted to pop you in the face with this we're gonna kill her thing and give no warning beforehand of like the doctor doing research or anything like nothing boring like that to be like oh, I'm afraid there's only going to be one conclusion to this. Do you know what I mean? They wanted you to find out like Joel, just like, boom, right in the face. So they didn't want to do a preamble of any kind, but I still think you could have snuck some stuff in and not given away the final solution. Well, and I know that they were probably very eager to end this on the same beats as the video game. Yeah. As much as they have diverged at certain points, we've already seen how, like, they want to get us back on the video game story as soon as possible. And I can appreciate that when you're talking about the rabid fan culture that exists in modern times and the show coming with such a huge fan base already for the video game game i'm sure the support the support is there people are loving how this finale played out i don't want to wring my hands for the the beauty of art and and creative writing but like but you are (laughs) i'm gonna say i'm gonna say if if you're gonna adapt a story right like yes this, this story exists already in one form of media so if you're gonna adapt it then you're gonna there's gotta be a reason, right? And you, there's very diff- big differences between film and television and video game storytelling. And so, if you're going to adapt it, then give us you gotta you gotta give us some of the things that the other medium that you're adapting into requires. Yeah, give and I felt TV like we require some more time. Give that some DLC. Like you can go toward yeah. the same ending, but just give us a little more flesh on the story and and you wouldn't have to change dramatically the storyline whatsoever i mean the storyline here was incredibly simple so building a little extra tissue on it wouldn't have destroyed the plot line or something and again no i'm not going to give any spoilers away because i did end up spoiling this for myself but the the, (laughs) i noticed you've done that (laughs) 
I have more information now, Jerrica, than I did at the start of the season. And I'm not going to say it all here, but I no, will just say please don't, because I haven't looked at anything. Yeah. But Joel's actions in this hospital are going to have consequences next season. And, yeah. like, maybe we're getting more material to flesh it out then. But, like, we were here to witness this. And I love a flashback, don't get me wrong. But we, we've seen the... We're part of the narrative during this time period. So give us as much information as you can during the narrative while we're experiencing it. Yeah. And then, you know. So, and that kind of stuff, I think, would have also helped it tell the story down the road, assumedly. So, and again, I think this was, it was a good ending for Marlene and it was, it made sense in the overall storyline, but I just want more padding in this part. <laughs> really, we move on. We're back in the car the car breaks down. We're like five hour hike outside of Jackson, Wyoming. And then so this, going back to Tommy's. Going back to Tommy's right before they're about to descend into, I guess, the valley or whatever it is where the settlement is. Ellie's like, ah, hang on, Joel. We got, we got to talk. And so she reveals what we have already seen on screen about what happened with Riley and Ellie's first kill. In the video game, from my understanding, this came before the the DLC with Ellie's backstory. So this is the first time we hear that the video game players would have been hearing this. Right. Um, but it's still important, not just for the information it reveals, but it's Ellie knowing that Joel has been lying to her. And my interpretation was she's trying to make an offer before they go back to the settlement. I'm going to be honest with you about something. And now, can you be honest about something that just happened yeah and she says she asks him straight up if the story about the fireflies is true and joel says she says yes. do you swear mm -hmm. what happened is really what happened and like what you said in the car but what happened with the fireflies in the hospital mm -hmm. he says i swear there's a long pause and she says all right and that's the end of the season but that so there's there's some trouble brewing, I think. Yeah. Because I mean yeah, she yeah. she is gonna flip out if she finds out what mm -hmm. happened. Because it, it's 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 one of these ethical questions there's no answer to. Right. Right. It really is. Like I I what the 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 crappy part of it was that she didn't get to choose what happened to her own body. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally understand he, like his, his intentions were the absolute highest standard. He did not want to watch another child killed for what, from what we can see, not even a guarantee of anything. Mm -hmm. That's what's really confusing about it is that if they'd have been able to say this will hundred percent cure everybody, but we don't know that. Yeah. It might cure one person. So whoopity shit you know what i mean like she's already cured so that's a that's a big question mark there but he also took the lives of a lot of people to get her yeah. there so it's it's this really gray ethically gray area that i love like i love thinking about stuff like this so i did i did enjoy this sort of weird conundrum that came up even if it was kind of sloppy here and there and it definitely was 
<laughs> but I, I do like where it's sitting right now because she's had such absolute trust and faith in this guy. And now it's, it's wavering. Yeah. No, it's very exciting to think about how this will impact their relationship, which, as we keep saying, is the very core of this show. And going forward, it's going to definitely cause some friction and stuff. I thought it was an effective way to end things, this conversation, but it also kind of, it did feel, like, abrupt. And I might have moved this just like a minute or two down the road and given us a scene in Jackson again, where we see Tommy, we see Maria, we see them back in the house. Like just that. You want to know they're safe, but they'll never let you know that they're safe. They they don't want that Jericho. They want me. They could be attacked between here and the gates of that place. They could be shot. Like that's always the overhanging atmosphere. Right. Or to completely reverse it, give us this conversation and then have a giant swarm of zombies come out of the bushes and have them running for the gates and end it there. Like, we don't have to have the peaceful kumbaya moment in the town. We could also have a cliffhanger, you know, like, here comes another bloater or something. It just felt like a... maybe, Maybe again, I wouldn't feel this way if we had had a little bit more meat in the hospital. I that might be it because I I again it, it goes like back to what I was saying earlier because th- that that conversation couldn't happen in the town. There'd be Tommy right. there. There'd be right. people around. She wants to do this before they get back into town. But you're right. It would right. it would be it, it was a startling ending. And it was great. But I I do agree with you. It's it's a little threadbare in the scenes just Mm -hmm. previous to this it's the reasoning isn't there and that's the like this is an issue with like you said following a video game so very intensely a video game isn't expected to have total all your ducks in a row and you can you can defend this action and defend that action they're just like no we have to do this we can get to here and have the shootout and do this and do that and that's and it's still a great video game. It's a great story for a video game. But when you're watching real people uh-huh. do real stuff, we need a little bit more context, and we can't just go like, "Yeah, we got to kill her," but you know what I mean? Like with no, no real explanation as to mm-hmm. why that they know that 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 will definitely work. So yeah. It it and again I wonder if it's going to change because I will be rewatching the sh- the first season from the very beginning at least two more times before the next season comes. <laughs> and I'm gonna you know I, I do like it and I did enjoy the series overall and you know get, going back and starting from the beginning knowing where we're going to end up will perhaps paint a different picture and I'm going to see if it impacts me to watch it more close together if I'm as frustrated by the abruptness of this end but yeah i i just just a little bit more meat especially because you know this is an hbo series and hbo tends to give cinematic finales to its shows and especially given that like the longest episode of this season was like episode three with like its hour and 20 minute runtime and you know they have the budget for it yeah how long was the first? Well, yeah, first, the first episode was also. I never thought the also first an episode hour was going to be over. 
never thought it was going to end. We wanted to end. Yeah, but the third yeah, episode, so they, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also thought it was never going to end. <laughs> So they were, they're willing to give us chunky episodes with yeah. a lot of extra story in certain cases. So I would have just appreciated a little more padding, especially because I was so into the first 20-ish minutes of this. I was literally thinking in my head as I was watching it, I was like, this is it. This is going to be my favorite episode of the season. Because I was just having such a good time. And then got smacked up against the... It's not, it wasn't the worst episode, to be sure. I think this was still a fine episode i it, it it won't be this like spectacular finish that i would hope it to be right you know the mandalorian's a good show no. <laughs> <laughs> have i mentioned the gilded age on this podcast <laughs> gilded age giant hats let me ask you something that you may not be able to answer yeah. in our time frame What's your favorite mm-hmm. series or season finale you've ever seen? Oh boy, favorite season finale or series finale. My, the one that comes to mind first is the sixth season of Game of Thrones. Now, that season was when we were starting to get quite a bit of wobble, but that's crazy. this is the episode for those who've watched. Yeah, it was it was it was starting to to go off its wheels a little bit, but this was the episode at the Sept of Baylor with the trial with the Tyrells and Cersei blows up the Sept, and there were a couple other like big. Oh to-dos. yeah, I remember that. Um, God, that bitch was awesome. <laughs> and this was back when we thought, yeah, she was she did a great job. And this was back when we thought, or we were still expecting characters to have consequences to their actions in the narrative, as opposed to what the showrunners decided, which was just we. Yeah. We're going, you know, completely off the rails. Um, and I, for me, that was like for that was an HBO season finale that had an hour and ten minute runtime. So it was it was chunky. It had the budget. Um, it was dramatic, and you know, it it did what Game of Thrones did so well at the time, at least, which was you know stirred those intimate moments in with characters and and set things up while also concluding certain storylines. And it gave us Cersei's coronation as the final punch in the face, which was quite shocking. I don't think anyone expected her to make it to the end on the throne like that. And so, you know, again, it spiraled out of control the following season, but at the time it was quite impactful. And I, and that wasn't a, well, it's just, I like I like that, but I like especially with a show that you know is going to have another season. Like that episode I just gave as an example was season six's finale. So Game of Thrones was going to the finish line, and we know, and I'm absolutely certain the people at HBO knew that The Last of Us was getting another season for sure. When you have that sort of guarantee, as much as you can have a guarantee like that, I like when a show concludes the narrative they're telling but also sets things up and other than like the the obvious tension that's going to come between ellie and joel in next season i don't feel like there was a lot of setup for what's going to happen next which i felt they could have used some of the time more to to get some of that in there right too 
What about you, Jerrica? What would you say is a, a well, highlight? I, I, I was going to ask. It's so series. fun. Of course, you said Game of Thrones because I was going to say between your favorite finale, which is season six, this, mm-hmm. and the end of Game of Thrones season eight. Mm-hmm. Like, where does this fall between your favorite and your least favorite? Because to me, Game of Thrones season eight finale might be one of the worst ones of all time. I'm not. I'm not kidding. That was that was a spectacular failure. Yeah, but where that does, was a spectacular failure. And I'm I those two for you. Like, is it closer to the not I would so good say that or closer is, to better? I would say that this is closer to good than not good. I don't think much is close to the season or the series finale of Game of Thrones in terms of awful. I do think that this was a a fairly solid way to end season one of The Last of Us. I'm happy with it, just not wholly satisfied. So for me, I think if we had just had a little bit more padding, a little bit more character development in the hospital section, I would have been much more pleased with yeah. what we got here. Yeah. So it's closer yeah. to, to my favorite than it is to the bottom of the barrel, but you know, I want a little more. I want a little yeah. more. I think my favorite would be yeah. season three TNG, Best of Both Worlds, part one. It's I been a long Lecu- time. Since I've- I am Lacutus mm-hmm. of Borg. Prepare to be assimilated or you will be destroyed. And then Riker has to fire on their own captain. <gasps> that was... The, the cliffhanger of the summer because there was no streaming TV. There was nothing like that. Everybody saw that in shit because TNG was ah. probably about as popular as Game of Thrones for primetime <laughs> viewing at that time. So everybody was just like, oh my God, they can't take him off the show. What is going to happen? And I've never seen something to beat it, but they were already three seasons in. They had a lot more context um, and again, mm-hmm. I think the worst series finale, and I wasn't really a fan, was that Game of Thrones thing. It was the worst bullshit I've ever seen. They were all running around mm-hmm. like Sims characters, just doing nothing. So, I, I mean, this was nowhere close to my favorite, but I thought it was decent. It had, mm-hmm. it, like, I, listen, I, en- just for my own immature, emotional, like, attachment i enjoy joel killing all those people in the hospital because (laughs) they deserved it but in reality it was incredibly dark what i loved about it i didn't like some of the things you talked about it was missing some plot but i loved the ethical gray area like that Mm -hmm. is what fascinates me in these kinds of quandaries is like who did the worst thing and whose intentions mm-hmm. were actually okay, even though the whole thing went wrong. That's an interesting thing to think about later. Like, I feel like it, 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 if it didn't do anything else, it gave you stuff to think about, you know, in this, in this yeah. world it, that is so morally out of whack. Yeah. And it does leave me excited for next season, which I think is the most important thing that a season finale can do. And... I will be looking forward to rejoining Joel and Ellie. And I don't think that the the few things that we've been can, kind of critiquing here in this episode, I don't think they undo the overall success of the narrative of the first oh, season. No. And again, I think it will probably improve once, you know, I revisit and watch it as a solid chunk. So I'm looking forward to that. 
And in that regard, it has done its job as a season finale. I do hope that next season, the showrunners are a little more confident in playing around with the source material and giving us a bit more, you know, just let's get away from some of the episodic elements of the the source material i do like a season-long arc i like to see characters you know last a little longer and who knows maybe that's built into the video game other than the one major thing i wound up spoiling for myself after watching this episode i don't know what's coming the only thing i know is there is another character coming who i think is like regular yeah so that'll be interesting for the idiots online saying they have to recast bella because she's too young no she's not she's 20 years old so she's fine. Uh-huh. I is there a time jump again, or are we just going to go right into the next thing? There has I to think be, in like... the game there is a time jump, but on TV I don't know if they'll be as quick to do that. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't care for time jumps normally, yeah. but the one time I'll allow it is when <laughs> it's between seasons. Because you know the HBO execs are going to call me after this, and they're going to be like, Milo, we have to get your approval here and i'll say i'm not happy hbo but well you say you put seasons, me on the payroll is what you're gonna do you're gonna put yeah. me right on that payroll and i'm gonna I fix this whole thing for you yeah i'm gonna fix all yeah. of this up i'm gonna call jerica and we're gonna complain at you guys for five <laughs> hours and you're gonna have a great show after <laughs> well milo well, milo's a writer he's gonna fix this shit yeah well okay, jerica's a director she knows but, what she's yeah there yeah. you go I'll be like, everybody do this, this, and this. Pedro, perfect. Don't change a thing, sweetie. No notes. No notes. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) We have fun. Oh, God. Okay, well, well, I'm so grateful that you agreed to do this podcast with me. And maybe we'll do another one sometime. That'd be lovely, Jerrica. Thank you for asking me and and guiding us along on this journey as well. (laughs) Snipping and cutting and trying to make this Zoom call sound normal. Yeah, exactly. It's all been wonderful. It's all in a week's work. All right. (laughs) Well, everyone, we will be back for one more episode next week where we talk about the making of episode and go over some of our wins and losses. So until then, take care and watch something light and fluffy. Bye. (laughs) Like the Gilded Age. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to the Popular Parallax Limited Series Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Popular Parallax. Episode produced by Anne Meehan. Theme song by Ken Chamberlain. We'll see you next time. And remember... Daddy is a state of mind, you know what I'm saying? I'm your daddy. <laughs>